The following program is paid for by the partners and viewers of the Life of Faith broadcast. Join Dr. Wayne Fry for today's message, already in progress. Made some grave mistakes, but he used them mightily. Because the Spirit of God didn't allow them to forget uh, who they were in Christ. Amen. He told Gideon, before Gideon lifted up a sword, before Gideon uh, having the pity pot, he says, I'm the, less, I'm the least in all my family line. He says, you mighty man of valor. Why? Because God calls you who he intends you to be even before you become or be even before you see that in your own self. Because he calls those things that be not as though they were. Are y'all hearing me? Now, just because you don't lose your righteousness, so to speak, that does not give you a license to misbehave. Oh, come on now. Hunt your neighbors. That was a good point. That was a good point right there. That was a good point. Come on, tell them. Yeah, we got to keep that in mind. It's got to be balanced, okay? And then uh, number four, fourth goal of kingdom confrontation is to apply accountability in order to expose areas needing strength and grace. To expose accountability to, uh, in order to expose areas needing strength and grace. How many know we need some accountability? Yeah. All of us do. We need some boundaries, okay? We need some people around us that will love us enough to speak the truth to us when we start getting out of bounds. And so that accountability, when I subject myself to it, can be a great aid to a successful life. Amen. We're in covenant relationship with our pastors. And one of the things that uh, we told them when they accepted us and laid their hands on us is that we will live a life that we will not bring shame or reproach upon this relationship. That's accountability. So I'm going I'm to not do some things, not because I can't do it, but I'm going to not do some things because I don't want to dishonor that relationship. And I've told you as partnerships, we have, partnership, we have determined and committed to live our lives in such a way that we will not bring reproach or shame upon you to say you're, that we're your pastors. Amen. Because that brings accountability. Got it? So I'm not going to do some things. We're not going to do some things simply because, not because we can't do it, simply because we honor this relationship more than the desire or the lust to do something else. Amen. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. So you got to understand that, all right? Because so this kingdom confrontation helps us apply accountability. Galatians 6 and 1 begins to say this. You don't have to go there. But Galatians 6 and 1 says that when somebody has uh, fallen, we who are spiritual should restore such a one. And it's amazing that Galatians 6, 1 is on the uh, just past or just after Paul's teaching on the fruit of the Spirit. It's amazing that those two are connected because the Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse. It was just written in a, in a scroll form and the, and the translators uh, separated chapter and verse. And so if we see that whole context Paul is saying we got to walk in the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And as we walk in the spirit, we'll become mature enough to restore people. 
Which on the flip side of that, if we stay in the flesh, we won't ever be at the place mature enough to restore somebody else. We'll end up falling ourselves. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? It's time to grow up, man. Shout out, it's time to grow up. Oh, man, it's been past time to grow up. We've been on uh, Gerber too long. Pacifies and bottles. It's time to grow up. Paul, uh, Paul said we need to get the strong meat of the word of God. Amen? All right, now, so let's talk about this today. Let's talk about this, this, uh, this part here um, that I believe is going to really, it's going to challenge us, number one, but it's really also going to bless our life because the idea is that we don't limit or confine our maturity just to church. Okay? Now, we come to church to mature, or get the information to mature, but we don't keep that maturity in the church because it's not designed for the church. Because uh, the Word of God says this, a candle that's lit is set on the hill to be seen of those who need the light. Okay, that's my paraphrase. And so he says, we are are all of light. We should be at a place where those of us who are mature, we really should be at a place where we don't need one another to encourage us. Okay, I'm going to go on this side because y'all ain't saying nothing over here. You follow what I'm saying? Now, we, we, we help it. Iron sharpens iron, but there is a place where I don't need, I should need someone to encourage me, to excite me, to do what I already know I'm supposed to be doing. I should, be, I should grow up enough to be able to do it by my own choosing. Okay, but I understand that there are people at different levels here, and so we come here, those of us who are mature, we reach back, we help people that are a little less mature, help them grow up, but really the main ministry or the main assignment is outside the church. Because the only way people are going to see God is they're going to have to see God through you and I. Because a person may never, may never step foot in the church, but yet they don't have to step foot in the church because when they meet you, they meet the church. Come on, talk to me this morning. And so the challenge is, and I, and I say it's a challenge because I believe it's a challenge, that what, what do we need to do to, to take this micro, this church micro, and affect the macro of this community? How can the community, how can we affect the community by what we receive here? Can you get that? And, and, that, and that's what, because ministry begins when you walk out the door. Ministry does not start when you come in here, and ministry doesn't stay in here. Ministry happens when you go out those door. When you get in your car, and sometimes in the parking lot, help me somebody, ministry starts. Because you may find yourself ministering to somebody right outside the door. And so, what's it, so it's a challenge, because it seems it's like we've adopted this um, mode of being, uh, should I use that word? Yeah, I'm going to use that word. Two-faced it. Is that, is that all right? Okay. All right, come on, lift your hand and praise the Lord, because some of y'all are like, hey, hey. And that wasn't Holy Spirit either. That wasn't Holy Spirit. <laughs> what, what? What? No, no, really, really, really. And I can see, I can, I can see glimpses of 
how this is crept in the church because religion says you have to be perfect. When you, go, when you trace it back into scripture, when, when the Jews, the Jews, uh, their gospel or their religion was righteousness by works. So if you don't do the right thing, you won't be considered righteous. And so I see how that has crept in because religion and denomination has kept that as a culture. And we have heard week after week, week after week, if you are not completely perfect that week, uh, then, then you are you, you no good. Come on, you just playing games with God. Not necessarily so. I could be loving God with all my heart and still have some flaws. Don't cast me out because I got some flaws. Don't, put, don't label me and put me in the back because I'm still working on some things. Because truth be told, Pastor, you working on some things. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? But religion says, no, you got to do it right. You got to do it right. You got to do it right. Religion is rigid. Religion is not flexible. It doesn't allow opportunities for people to grow within themselves so that we can see some different outside. Religion says, if I see you messed up, I'm going to label you as a mess up. I'm going to label you as no good for the kingdom. And don't even worry about it. Just hold on until, until Jesus comes. Just hold on God's unchanging hand. You see? And so we adopt this thing that when I go to church, when I put on my church clothes, I put on another face. It's like comes with the outfit. When I put on my tie as a man, I'm going to wear a tie to church. When I put on my tie and I type my tie and look in the mirror, another face comes on. Ladies, when you're pulling up your pantyhose, <laughs> you know how you got to do side to side sometimes. Come on. <laughs> You got to work that baby out. Come on, talk to me. That's all you got to do what you got to do. Come on, talk to me. <laughs> but when you're putting on your pantyhose, boy, it's almost like subconsciously you put on another face. That I got I to gotta put on this face that I got to act like everything is all right and everything is, is so well put together. But on the inside, I don't know what to do. And we're so concerned about showing people something that we miss the real healing and health that's, that's designed or that's, con that's contained in the word of God. So instead of you hitting, sitting there hearing where you are from where you are, you hear from a place where you think people, need, people think, you should, think you are. And you miss the real healing. You miss the, miss the real power of the word of God to heal you from inside and out. And so we go week to week and month to month and year to year, never changing. Because we think we need to be someone that we can't produce all the time. And so we, we, we've trained ourselves to produce this person for three to four hours a week. Three or four hours a week. We do it on Sundays and we do it on Wednesdays. Do it on Sundays and do it on Wednesdays. I'm not talking about everybody, but I'm just saying, generally speaking, there are people living this life every day. And so when we leave this place, there's an expectation. There's an expectation of people. There's an expectation of you from people that they're going to get the same thing that they see in church, outside the church. But sometimes they end up disappointed. And because of that, 
they stay away from church. Because I'm telling you, we've come to the place today that people want authenticity. They want to know, is it real or is it live or memorex? Y'all remember that? Is it live or is it memorex? Yeah, that's what they, what they want to know. Because there's so many choices today. You can choose to believe whatever you want to believe. You can start your own religion and put it out online. Next thing you know, you got 300 followers. Because people are seeking. And that's the only, the only reason that, that's happening, because people are seeking. People are seeking the truth because far too long we have presented them a counterfeit. We've had, uh, what, how does the scripture say? Um, um, the zeal of God, but no power. We got the zeal. We got the excitement. Yeah, God. Yeah, 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 God. Yeah, oh, praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no power. Life's not changed. And for people will only handle, yeah, 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 go God, go God, go God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For so long, if they don't see any change, oh, man, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't trying to do this no more. I ain't trying to do no more. There ain't nothing but a cheerleading squad. Faith Christian Center International presents the 2013 Faith Conference. Faith for Days of Heaven on Earth. March 28th and 29th at 7.30 p.m. nightly. Special guests include Dr. Michael A. Freeman of Spirit of Faith Christian Center. According as it is written. Okay, watch this. I believe this, folks. And therefore, have I spoke. We also believe, and therefore, when you say you believe something, you will follow it up by speaking it. Our very own Dr. Wayne A. Fry. Faith is not something that you have to get, because faith is something that you already have. And see, we've been, we've been waiting to get enough faith to move instead of using the faith that we have to move to then cause the manifestation to occur. And performing for the first at FCCI, stellar nominated recording artist Micah Stampley. For information, call 434-979-1700 or visit our website at www.fccintl.org. Join us for the 2013 Faith Conference. Listen to this. The grace that we have for saint-to-saint -saint life in church should flow from the house of God into all other areas of your life. Let me say that again. The grace that we have for saint to saint life in church should flow from the house of God into all areas of life. Okay, now, I understand though that when you come into the house of God, when you come into the church, the atmosphere itself brings with it some accountability. Got it? The spirit itself, when the spirit is in the house and, and when, when God is flowing in the house, you know better to act up. 
Because at least you're reverencing God to a certain extent. I mean, we have a little, little issue, a little tip here and now and then, but, in, in, you know, most, most, most churches don't have to break up uh, straight up fisticuffs. Now, some churches do, but not mo- most churches don't have to break up fisticuffs. I mean, you, you ain't got, you know, people in the aisle just throwing down. You know, I told you, I, if I seen you again, I was going to bust you upside your head. <laughs> and, 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 I see, and, and you hear the day, and bam! <laughs> Come on, talk to me now. Most churches don't have to deal with that kind of situation. Even I don't give you mad as a as a uh, as a hornet, you'll hold it down until you get to a place off the church premises. You meet them down the street. I told you, I told you don't, I told you don't come over there. You came over there and block that car. Get out. That's down the street though. But while we're here, it's like the spirit of God creates an atmosphere to restrain a lot of the activities. You ever came in, your, came in the church and you just, you just, you hot, you are burning up, just hot, mad, just angry, just upset. And by the end of the church, you're like, hey, praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. God bless you. Anybody been there? And about three o'clock, you remember you're angry? You were angry before? And be like, oh, I'm supposed to be mad. And then you jump back over and get mad again. Anybody, has anybody been there? Come on, talk to me. Some of y'all being spiritual. <laughs> but yeah, so almost like you forgot about why you were mad and what you was mad about just for a time because you experienced the presence of God. You with me? But that same grace is designed to flow from here out there. You got it? Praise the Lord. Now, people are different. Uh, People are different in church than they are in life. And I know some of it has to do with the atmosphere. Some of it has to do with the the accountability measures. You know, your pastor's there. Your your woman of God is there. People that you serve with is there. So you don't want to show off in front of certain people. Hello. That's why we tell couples sometimes when they're going through and they really at each other, don't, don't even say nothing at home. Go out in public place. Go out where people can see you. Don't get no private booth. Go out and get a table right in the middle of the restaurant. Because you ain't going to show off. You ain't going to show your tail in public. Because you want to keep this certain persona. Come on now. You might be, you might be eating. Because you, you, know you learn how to talk with your lip bitten. And the person understands everything you say. But see, on the outside, everybody looking like, oh, they're having a good conversation over there. <laughs> Are you smiling and drinking water? Because what is that, that provided an accountability measure. So I understand all that's happening. However, we got to go up to a place where we don't need to have pastor around, first lady around, other saints around. We got to grow up to a place where no matter where we are, we're going to live like we're supposed to live. Even if I have my doors closed, even if I have my blinds shut, and nobody knows what's going on behind, behind closed doors, I need to grow up to a place, and I honor God enough, and I honor the person that I'm about to fight with enough that I'm not going to show my tail. Praise the Lord. Y'all do know that say people show their tail, right? Okay, I, I just want to make sure I'm talking to the real folk. Yeah, all right? Listen to this. Let's look at some things. Colossians 3. How does this grace that we have for saint-to-saint life in church, how does it 
apply to our lives when we're dealing with authority and employment? How to deal with how to how to go with dealing with our dealing with authority and employment? Okay, go to Colossians three. Let's look at what Scripture says how we're supposed to act in the workplace. Oh Lord, oh Lord. <laughs> wow. All right, look at this. On the workplace, on the job, how how's how's how the saints? Not 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 unsaved, but saints who are supposed to be representatives and ambassadors of Christ, agents of change, kingdom citizens. How are they supposed to act on the workplace or in the workplace? Look at this. Verse 22, servants, or we can say this, employees, obey in all things your masters, supervisors, according to the flesh. Ain't nothing spiritual about your job. You're here for work. Okay? Uh, with, not with eye service, look at this, as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing who? Fearing God or reverencing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So the scripture is saying this, that the way you would serve God, that's the way you serve natural authority. Ain't got nothing to do with whether they say it or not. Well, if they just get born again, I respect them no more. No, 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 no. They could, be, they, could be, they could be unbelievers, but your role as a saint, as a child of God, as a grown-up person, is to submit to them and respect them as you would the Lord. Amen. Come on, talk to me. Amen. All right, now go to, go to one more scripture here. We're just going to look at dif different categories here. 2 Peter, chapter number 2. 2 Peter, chapter number 2. Look at this here. All right, 2 Peter, chapter 2. Talking about saints, right? 2 Peter, chapter 2. All right, and look at verse number 13, please. 2 Peter 2.13. All right. 2 Peter 2.13. That's not what I want. Okay. 1 Peter. Huh? Let's see here. 1 Peter 2.13. Let's try that. Yep. That's it. 1 Peter. I apologize. 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2.13. Say I'm there when you're there, please. It says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so it is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. Praise the Lord. Now, let me read that to you out of the Amplified. Be submissive to every human institution and authority, 
for the sake of the Lord. Shout with me today, for the sake of the Lord. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, it's not even about you. It's not even about you. If you name the name of Christ, you automatically become a target of observation. Soon as you say I'm saved, people say, okay, let me see how saved y'all. And people will have less, uh, will give you less room for a mistake than they would somebody else. Because you're supposed to be saved. You're supposed to know God. Come on, talk to me. Automatically, no matter what it is or who you tell, as soon as you say I'm saved, I'm a child of God, bam, observation is happening. Because somebody's always watching you. Always watching you. All right. Be submissive for the sake of the Lord, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to bring vengeance, punishment, judgment, justice to those who do wrong and encourage those who do good service. For it is the it is God's will and intention. Listen to this, that by doing right, your good and honest lives should silence, muzzle, gag the ignorant charges and ill-informed criticisms of foolish persons. Oh, I love that. The Bible says your lifestyle, the way you handle yourself on the workplace and as a relationship authority, supposed to silence folk that don't even know any better. And the reason why people got stuff to talk about us for is because of what they see us doing. And if our life would demonstrate what Scripture says, we would shut their mouths. Not by us saying something to them, but our very lifestyle will say, you know what? You don't have anything to be talking about because I'm walking this word the way I'm walking. But see, it's, it's from what I've gotten in my house of God. It's from what I've learned and grown up in my house of God. I'm able to now take the work with me. And that whole thing is for the sake of the Lord and to shut people's mouths. Praise the Lord. You can, you can shut somebody up by your own lifestyle. Glory to God. Live, verse 16, live as free people, yet without employing your freedom as a pretext for wickedness. But live at all times as servants of God. And show respect for all men, treat them honorably, love the brotherhood, the Christian fraternity that is, that of which Christ is the head. Reverence God, honor the emperor. Are y'all seeing that? See, see you're, the way you carry yourself is supposed to influence others. You're supposed to be able to be planted no matter, in, in whatever place, good, bad, or indifferent. You're supposed to be able to be planted in that place, and your lifestyle changes the very atmosphere of where you're planted. It is time to embrace a new culture in the church, a culture that recognizes that everyone is valuable and important. 1 Corinthians 12 teaches that there are many members, but one body, and each part of the body is necessary for the body to function properly. In this exciting teaching series, Dr. Fry challenges the hearer to renew their minds as it relates to the current culture in the church. Learn that everyone has a gift from God, how to recognize the gifts in others, how to properly honor one another, and much, much more. Your life will never be the same. Don't delay. Order the four CD set for $30 or the four DVD set for $40 by calling 1-877-342-4193 or logging on to www.fccintl.org to access our online bookstore. 
This is a must-have teaching series for every believer who wants to make an impact in the lives of others. You've been watching the Life of Faith broadcast with Dr. Wayne A. Fry. We pray that your faith has been strengthened and your heart encouraged by the Word of God. This broadcast can be viewed 24-7 at no charge at www.fccintl.org. Join with us next time on this station for another life-changing message with Dr. Wayne A. Fry.